Blog Talk Radio. Where you can be millionaires in. 
And I took offense to that, and I told him, I said, well, I don't look at it like that. We live in a country. Me, personally, I do stand up for the flag because I have my own personal beliefs and what I believe. But I believe in, for, I believe in the right of people to have freedom of speech. I mean, there was a time in history where World War One, World War Two, uh, the Korean War, where a lot of black soldiers went overseas, lost limbs, lost their lives. When they came back to America, they still had to walk in the back of buildings. They still had to drink from an all-black water fountain. They still had to drink from or uh, go to an all-black bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. And so we still we are a very, very uh, rich part of this history. And I think when you come from, and keep in mind, World War One, World War Two, these World War Two definitely people are still alive from that time. The Jim Crow era, people are still living. They're alive. They're well. So you cannot say that racism is completely dead. So while I still don't have a problem, me myself saying the pledge, um, at the end of the pledge is you know it tells you for all. And for a long time, we as black people did not have the same right, and we and we, and we know that. And I'm going to going to dig deeper into that dialogue. But tell me, how do you feel about this this whole debacle that's going on? Because I know you have a strong opinion about it. My whole thing is that um, I think that a lot of it is kind of like it's nonsense on the part that people are being offended by what they're doing. And everybody is kind of, the people are losing the perspective on why they're doing it. People are doing this to show like the injustice, like that, no offense, that the black people, when he, when Collins started it, it was to show the injustice that black people were being treated by the police with all the violence, with all the killing, with, you know, Castillo, everything that was going on. It was a way for him. And I understand what you were saying that he should have used his money, but he didn't want to do, he wasn't trying to bring attention to it. He was trying to be a silent protest. It was what he was feeling, but everybody wanted to throw the military into it, the disrespect for the flag and all this other stuff when no offense you people these people disrespect the flag every day if you want to be you know proper or you know real about it if you read the conduct what is the go ahead kneeling peacefully doing the national anthem would you really consider that uh disrespecting the flag you know what you know the flag is a so the flag is a, is a symbol. Some people say, you know, and, and, and I love the way a lot of the media have twisted, you know, they made it about the veterans, which actually, hopefully, I have some veterans, please call in, please call in, let us know how you feel. If you feel strongly that they're disrespecting uh, the country, call in, let's, let's, hear, let's hear your point of view. But um, the, 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 the thing is, there was a point in history where even when we were fighting for civil rights just to use the same bathroom, the same water fountains, I mean, I went back and read some old, old articles, and, it, and it, it's amazing and scary um, to see some of the same language today that you saw in the 1950s and 60s, you know, when we were trying to fight for rights to vote, vote just, just basic civil rights. People, people back then were still saying, you know, shut up, you're being dis- disrespectful. And, and that's, and, and that's and, the whole part of it. Mm-hmm. That, Robert, you know, that's the biggest part of it because the biggest part of it is that 
people don't want to talk about the, like I say, the real issue. The real issue is that as a black man, me, you, and any other black man can be perceived as violent as a thug, even, no offense, even you, a clean cut, you know, father, all this stuff. Police can stop you, pull you over, not wishing this on you. You can get shot, whatever. And the first thing that the media and everything is going to say is what did he do wrong? Why did he do this? What he had to be doing something, everything else that, that they're going to, they're going to victim blame you. And this is the funny part about it. Uh, the white lady that just got, you know, shot by the police officer, black officer. This is the perfect example. Everybody. And when, when the black, when the, when the, when these black people are getting killed, everybody victim blames the victim. They say, well, he should have he shouldn't have been resisting. He shouldn't have been doing this. They pull up his history, just like even with Trayvon and everything else. He had marijuana in his system. He why was he out of school? Why was he with his father? All this other stuff. Did you not hear? They haven't victim blamed this white lady yet. Now I'm not saying they should, but the and you know the other thing that they do is that we got to support these officers. They they're doing their job. They're doing a stressful job. I haven't heard anybody throw their support behind this black officer. You know why? Because he shot a white person. And you and that's my feeling. And I can see it. They haven't victim blamed this woman. She came up to a car. Why did she come up to the back of a car? All this stuff. I haven't heard any of that. Because of the, the wow, type well, of the, the situation were reverse. And this is what we're fighting. Right. This, is, this is what he started kneeling for. That reason right there. That you can't you can't blame a black person for being black and saying that he doesn't have the right to speak to an officer or an officer has the right to perceive him to be violent when he comes up in the car and for you to shoot and then try to justify that this person is violent. You can't, well, and that's the a, problem with... I, just have a, I, have, I, have a, I have a slightly different feel on that, but before we do that, I'm going to get this number out again. Guys, if you want to call in and speak to Tim or, or myself and or give, let everybody else on the radio and Facebook Live hear your opinion on it, that number is area code 516-531-9961. And just press the number 1, and it'll put you in queue to speak. Again, that number is area code 516-531-9961. Now, I recently got into a – and this, this is about to throw your mind off a little bit. I got into a – slight debate with a transgender Trump supporter. And I know that seems weird, but they're out there. And my theory was Donald Trump said, this isn't about race. Now, part of that, I don't believe, but the other part that I do. And like I told this individual, whether they identify themselves as male or female, like I told them, I said, it's me today, but it's you tomorrow. I said, anytime you have a president and he comes out and he calls a bunch of people SOBs and he instructs that you fire them, because you agree with him in this instance, it, because of his power, his position, what do you do? That, it becomes a slippery slope. So what do you do when another president, he opens it up for other, other political leaders to say things like, what do we get a president that hates the gay community? So you know what? If somebody's getting on your job, you, you'll fire him. All of a sudden, it's not about race anymore. It's about, wow, 
you have political leaders that they can they get in the most powerful office in the world and they can shut down any operation, whether it be race or, or, or creed, religious belief. And I think that to me, we're headed down a much more slippery slope than just race alone. It, it's it's definitely race driven to a certain degree. But if people, if we will all step back as Americans and look at this, there's a much bigger uh, picture at play right here. It is a much bigger picture, and my whole thing is that, and like I said before, like I think when I when I was speaking when he got elected, when Donald Trump got elected, um, the 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 biggest thing is the equality and equal rights, and for everybody to be treated the same. There, like I said before, there's no way that Barack Obama would have been able to talk, to act, to function like Donald Trump has been acting and not been vilified, been crucified by everybody, been not been saying this is not presidential, this is not right, we shouldn't have there's no way. And for his supporters just to to still be behind him with the way that this man is still talking, they were like, Oh, well he'll get an office, he'll change. He has not changed. For you to for and and that's the whole thing about it for for you to call uh, people who are kneeling for equal rights who want to be treated fairly by the police for their for their people to be treated fairly by the police to call them SOBs but you call neo Nazis and these skinheads some very nice people there are some very nice people in there come on now. These people that that no. ran through a crowd, use a car to run through a crowd and hit people. They're very nice people. Come on. And he 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 got a lot of slack for um, not really condemning what was going on. And he did say that um, both sides shared blame. And no, yeah, I got to be honest with you. Uh, in comparison to what, what what he said about the NFL, that was a little bit more. It was a little. It was weak. It was it was it was very weak in, in that sense. And let, let, let's let's get on this notion. I believe that what Colin Castle because let's be honest, it was dying down. People weren't really hollering. It really, was dying down, but you know it was dying down. I think, and he definitely. I think it would have been up. done. I think it would have been done if honestly Donald Trump wouldn't have said what he said and wouldn't have brought more attention to it. Honestly, with everything that was going on, even with the people, no offense, protesting, saying they weren't going to watch with a lot of black people, and no offense, I'm not even going to lie, I was one of the, on the boat saying I wasn't, and no offense, I'm a Jags fan, you know, die hard, I can't, I, I'm not going to lie, when when the scream came across, you know, three sacks in the first half, you know, no offense, I had to tune in, because, you know, I'm a diehard Jack man, and I'm like, this might so, be the year, so, so but... You, so you, you, are, <laughs> you are actively boycotting the NFL, if I'm understanding correctly. Uh, I was. I'm not even going to lie. I was. I, I watched my Jack games, uh, but I refuse to watch any other any other NFL. I wa- I'm not even okay. going to lie. I watch the Jags, but, hey, I, I everything else is like, okay, whatever. And I'm normally on Sundays, I'm sitting there watching football all day. But it it comes well, to a certain extent. But some some of the people are just saying that oh we're not we're we're they're burning their stuff they're all when you when you go that far, I think it's it's 
nonsense. Like, I'm not going to burn my Jags gear. I pay good money, and, of course, I'm cheap. I'm not going to go burn my stuff just because Colin isn't playing. I pay good money for it. I'm still going to represent it, and I'm still going to keep my stuff. But, yeah, I'm not going that far. Yeah, I mean, that, that, but, that was pretty amazing to see uh, myself um, burning. I've seen a guy, uh, he, he's been collecting NFL gear from the Denver Broncos since he was a, a little boy. And, you know, he, he was burning like a Troy Aikman football and a Tim Tebow jersey and all this. And, I, and I'm like, okay, these people, they, they never even kneel. Like, it has nothing to do with it. So that. It it begs it makes you ask ask the question. Um, what is the real is, issue? Right. What what is the real issue? And, and the thing about it, and people have to realize that even I have a, I have a lot of white friends, and we and we have true dialogue, and on the backside, and we have to ask ourselves what what's the real issue when you are willing to burn to burn your NFL jerseys from years ago, and you're not that excited. He probably held his hope this What's going on, Greg? And you, these people are not that outraged when, when we talk about the history of us. It's like we don't, like, screw it. And it wasn't that long ago where we couldn't even go to the same schools as white people. It wasn't that long ago when, you know, when I couldn't sit up on the same toilet. It wasn't that you know, you know, um, Rob, my, one of my friends is really outspoken, Anthony. I wish he would. Um, I just I put the tag in uh, one of our group threads. So hopefully he's listening and he'll call in. But no offense. I just had one of my previous bosses that used to work for me. He was friends with Anthony. He was friends with me. Anthony put a post up. He put the post, I stand, and that he wasn't watching the NFL anymore. White guy. You know, it, I... It, it was. It, he's one of those people that you kind of you kind of on the fence that he may be, but he but he tries not to be racist or a bigot. But you kind of right. see it that it may be there. And he made a comment on the thre- on the thread that him and Anthony were going at it. You no, know, and the guy told him basically. He told my friend Anthony, who was black, that none of your family has picked cotton. You haven't picked cotton. So why are you offended? Why are you saying that you're not getting treated? And that comment right there was like, I felt like, dude, like seriously, you went there, like that shows. And it's true. Huh? A lot of us didn't pick cotton. A lot of us didn't, you know, do that at all. But we have to realize that there was a time in history where the only reason America is what it is today because the economic growth of it was cotton. In the, in the in the Atlantic trade, that's what kept that's what made this country great for us, for us to go and over and transition into the industrial area north and the factories and, and things like that. Um, that's really what led to the Civil War, you know, because had, yeah, had the North that, had the North lost the Civil War, the South still would have been a powerhouse because they had slaves, and, <laughs> and, and we didn't. And I have, thought that was we were, go ahead. No, I thought that was one of the issues too with us in the Revolutionary War. It wasn't so much taxation that I thought that one. That, I'm not sure all my history with that, but I could have swore that that was one of the things too that the British wanted us to stop, stop was, with the was, slavery. That was, uh, that was a great part of the taxation of it, and you have to realize this country 
was based and founded upon protest. I mean, this was yeah. British territory. Let's, let's, let's get this right. And some of the most key people from the war, from the, from the Revolutionary War to the War of 1812, some of the key people were black. I mean, they fought, we fought alongside. And we, what, what makes me upset is when people make it seem like it's not our history as well. It was like blacks fought alongside George Washington in the Revolutionary War. Blacks fought in the Civil War. Blacks fought in World War One. Blacks fought in the Korean War. Blacks fought in World War Two, and we fought hard and brave, and we fought for our country. And, we and, for and we're our key country, and, and, and we're key and key features in that because in the in that famous picture of George Washington uh, going across the river on the boat, there's a black guy, and I forgot what his name was, but Come to find out, he was a oh, yeah. vital part of of uh, you know I George Washington's cabinet. It's just, it's just like yeah. uh, uh, Paul Revere. A lot of people don't know that there was a black man riding. It with was Paul a black man was riding with Paul Revere. Yeah, he was coming with him, saying, "Hey, the the red coats are coming." <laughs> you know, so each part of history, and then you know, we really won a, a vital part of the Revolutionary War because there was a black man playing. He was a spy. He was he was acting like he was fighting for the British and really giving the intel to George Washington. So this country is is, is our country is black is white. So we we have to get to the point to where we uh, stop this division. But guess what? After we fought for the Revolutionary War, yes, we went we still went back to slavery. The problem is with us. Every time we help fought, every time we help fight to bring the country make it better, we still didn't reap the benefit. And um, I don't know. And that's, and that's a big problem. And I forgot what they're saying. I forgot who said it, but um, I think the I don't know whether it was a movie or it was somebody who quoted it. He's like the biggest part of compromise. If you you can realize that a co- when I think that it was more like when you realize a comp when you a compromise is gone good is when neither side is happy. I think for so long we've been trying to compromise and, you know, we, at the end of it, we're not happy. We, even with civil rights and the Revolutionary War, when they first come, when they came to and we needed the South to fight with the Revolutionary War, I'm pretty sure the North was like, yo, we'll let you keep the slaves, blah, 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 but to a certain extent. Then when it was time to get rid of it, per the agreement, then you know what? They were like, no, let's not, no, we're not getting rid of it. Then once we had the Revolutionary War, we fought and did all that stuff, you know, the South was still like, hey, we'll give up the slaves, but we're not going to give them rights. They're still nobody. Right. We can't vote. Right. Then even when they, have- then when they, it keeps going throughout history. Even when they gave us the right to vote, you know, you still made it more difficult for us to do it. And even to this point now, you can say you can give us. We have a whole bunch of millionaires, and these guys should be should be grateful that they're making millions of dollars and should stand for the flag and all this stuff. But you know what? They're still second class citizens when it comes down to it. Because when you can get pulled over, when you can get pulled over and shot because you're black, no matter how yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think people look at it in a sense of, okay, well, they're millionaires. Well, he's still a black millionaire. If you don't know who he is, he's just a black man. And a lot of that happens with, with even within our race. 
you know, we, we look at people differently. You know, and, and so that, that doesn't really help our cause. But to see the reason for their protest, and I, and I, I see you guys call in. I'm going to uh, uh, take some calls. But um, to, to – to, and I had a, a friend of mine. He said, you know, Robert, white guy, good friend of mine, and he says uh, – you know, I can fully understand how it is, how it feels to be black. And I had to be real with him. I said, man, I love you like a brother, but you have no idea what it feels to wake up as a black man. <laughs> you really, you really, you really don't. You don't know how it feels to be raised as as a black man. It's it's different. It's very it's a unique situation here. But I'm I'm gonna try to take at least one of, one or two calls for right now. If we can keep talking. Um, hello, caller, you on the air? What's your name and where you from? Hi, can you hear me? My hello, name hello. is Sasha. Can you hear me? Hey, Sasha. Yes, we can hear you. Hi. Um, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you for doing this show, Robert. Um, I'm Thank not going to ask you if you are a Trump supporter before I get started. However, I do, I do want to say that I am highly upset with the response of people in this country and the docile attitude towards this extreme racism that we are experiencing as black Americans, as African-Americans, um, because these people don't like us. They don't like us. They're racist and they're bigot, and it's a problem. And I keep getting frustrated. And I apologize if you hear noise. I'm in I'm about traffic, so I'm moving. Um, but I keep trying to remind myself that, there were people who could, because to me, I don't understand how you can be okay with the things that's happening and how you cannot see a problem with it. And then I have to remind myself that there were people who were literally okay with selling other human beings. Like they were okay with selling people that looked like you and people that looked like me. And then on the other side, there were slaves who were perfectly okay with being slaves. They would defend it, they would fight it, and they would be comfortable with that. And so it's important to understand the mentality that goes along with this um, as we go through this struggle and as we go through this fight. And so for people out there who are like me and we're getting incredibly frustrated because it's like, why don't you see it? We have to put it in context and understand that people are completely, like their brains are being completely controlled by exterior forces, and they don't realize that. They don't realize it at all. Can I say a point to that? To that, I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, one thing that we were, when we were talking about, when we talk about this all the time, when we're talking about it, people forget. No offense, slavery wasn't just like you know, twenty years or something like that. Slavery was hundreds and hundreds of years. We they've been using us as slaves for a while, and for you to say that, just, for some of these people to just to say, oh, get over it. Slavery was over. It's not. It's only been over with for what fifty, sixty years, or whatever you want to say. We haven't been. It hasn't been that long that we still haven't had the right to vote. So therefore, what are you saying that it's over with? That we should be grateful that we have all these rights and that we're free and that we can do whatever. That we shouldn't let it go. You brainwash people for hundreds and hundreds of years and beat them down, made them submissive. And then you think over a few generations, you think that it's just supposed to go away? No, it's not. 
and that's the problem with you know with no offense with a lot of white America. They're like, you should be okay. Your your family, your grandfather. No, it's still people alive that were, you know, like my friend Anthony. His grandma is still alive, who was one of those people that were one of those kids in Rosewood. That's where she's from. She was one of those oh, kids, wow. pretty much, that was on the on the on the train in Rosewood. That was escaping Rosewood. Wow. So therefore, and she's so like ninety some. To your point, is your name Tim? Yes. Tim, I completely agree with you. And um, people like to say, oh, slavery happened so long ago. Why aren't you guys getting over it? And this is the way, like, I have physical evidence that tells you that can be associated with not getting over things or with things taking generations to step out of it. Think of the disproportionate number of black Americans who cannot swim. Right? That's something that's very real in our culture. A lot of black Americans cannot swim. Do you think that that is just by happenstance or just because or just on a whim? Like, there is a reason a disproportionate number of black Americans cannot swim. It's because we were forbidden for so long to have access to swimming pool, and we just couldn't take partake in things of that nature. So we are still healing, if you will, from things, a simple thing like swimming. Yeah, it, it's definitely left sure. behind an economic development because it's not like we we have um, this long family history of us being able to build a lot of wealth in the 1920s. Or you know, you're not going to see a whole lot of black families like the Rockefellers or the Connerys or, or or things like that. So you know, we had to make do with what we have, which put us, which, which, which did put us in, a, in an economic slump. I mean, don't get me wrong. In today's society, things have gotten better. So I don't, you know, I don't want to turn this into a uh, woe is me campaign because there are things that black people we can definitely do better. However, when you blatantly see racism exist in the sense of it's 2017, and while if I was in the NFL, I would stand up, me personally, because I believe in as an American we take the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I'm still going to respect those that. Would peacefully protest because this country was founded. But, it was but Rob, Rob, do you know who told Kaepernick the nail? Do you know who told him the nail? It was a, no it idea. was a, he he met with one of the, it was a vet who, who, when he was sitting down, he said, dude, sitting down, that shows respect. Him and Kaepernick talked after the, the first couple times that he was sitting, the vet talked to him. He, after Kaepernick explained why he was doing it and told everybody that it wasn't had anything to do with the the military, wasn't a disrespect, everything. He talked with this, this Purple Heart vet and he said, "Well, why don't you kneel? Because you, as a when the, when a player is injured, when 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 you, you got a son, he plays sports. When somebody's in, you play sports too. When somebody's injured doing sports, what do they do? They kneel." So that's what he was saying to show that this country is still hurting and that it's uh, a fact that we should that you should kneel. That's why he's kneeling. It's not anything to do with the flag. It's not anything to do with veterans or anything like that. And I have it's two. Not. I have two family members that are in the military who. Who are way behind Kaepernick, and they're not. They're not. They don't see no disrespect at all. They're in the. They're in the Navy. 
I do have some people, some guys that I went to school with who are in, in, in the military who do see it as a disrespect, but the majority of the guys that I went to school with, and it's a lot of them that were on the wrestling team with me, don't see it as disrespect. Mm-hmm. And, and, and almost every general I run into, they say, you know, Robert, um, while I disagree uh, with them doing that, I fought for them to have that right. And like I said, the country is about we have to accept the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we have a unique – blacks have a very unique situation with white, with white America. It's like a bad relationship. Um, and we really just need to open up the dialogue because the relationship that – Black American, white American have, it's not like Asian Americans, it's not like the Hispanics, it's not like anything. The only, the only relationship have worse than black America are the natives, and most of them are gone or on reservations or whatever. But we have, like I said, we have a very unique thing, and if we can possibly uh, have some good dialogue and, and, and get through this really, really bad relationship, when it's all said and done, white America can't live with us and... We can't live without them. I mean, when it's, when it's all said and done, we, we have to come together on some level. And, and Barbara, can I say this last thing? Can I say that? this last thing and I'll let you go? I, I want to say this last thing and then I'll let you go. Okay. So, um, one, I want to be very clear that, yes, I am boycotting the NFL. I don't even use the letters NFL anymore when writing. Um, also, <laughs> my last name got an in it, I oh took it out. Oh my god, I'm stealing that. I'm so stealing that. I'm just letting you know I'm stealing that. Thank you, thank you for your call. <laughs> hey guys, remember the number to call in is area code 516-531-9961. Again, that number is 516 516- Five three one nine nine six one. Hit the number one if you would like to speak. Let us hear your voice. Um, Aaron Grant said, "Why can't we live without them?" Well, we can't live without them for the simple fact of um, we as people together. We we've invested so much into one another, and we're so blended. Like I said, the the relationship between Black America and White America, and for the people that's listening on the radio, I'm reading uh, Facebook live posts. The reason why I said we can't live without one another because our, our ancestry is so tied in together at this point in America, it just can't be a pulling away. And I know a lot of people, they're, they're for the, um, this whole movement of uh, black, black to the right, whites to the left. And if that's how you feel, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Honestly, I think it, 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 it's not. It's, it's something that you can't do. I, I wouldn't want to live in a world. Honestly, I wouldn't want to live in a world without white people, without Asian people, without this. If you take if you take a place like Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, all that place down there with so much diversity and blending of all type of races, French, Spanish, Indian, Black, all this stuff with the Creole people down there and stuff like that. It's such a beautiful mix of everything. And to take that away, and to say if we all should be, would be so would be, be a loss. It would be a loss to the country and be a loss to just the culture, just humanity. Period. When right, when right. we work together, people don't realize when we work together, we do so much better than when you try to right. separate. Right. No offense. Yeah, with, with, even with the football. 
even football. If you want to use football, since we're talking about kneeling and everything else, you know, yeah, we have our black quarterbacks and stuff like that, but some of the, you know, hey, Peyton, you know, Breeze, all them guys are great quarterbacks. I mean, they wouldn't work. They work good with their black running backs. They work good with their their black receivers. Hey, you get some of these white receivers. The whole team works together, period, black and white. You have great players of every color. Let me tell you something, people. I got a lot of a lot of brothers in the in the conscious community and things like that, and they're they're having. You know, I have one of uh, I'm a little bit like he's a pretty prominent brother, and he's just for this whole black anti this we need this, but he's mixed, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that because now you are throwing away another half of your heritage. There, the only the only way. To heal black America and white America is love. Straight up. I mean, we have to fight for more rights as people because you're going to have white people from a certain, from a certain sect that's just, you just bigotry, you know, but that's on both sides. And I'm not trying to sound like Donald Trump or anything like that, but we, we do have racism on both sides, white and black. However, as, as, a black, as, as blacks, we have a disadvantage. I'm going to bring um, Sashi one more time. I, I didn't let her get her point. Hey, um, you on the air? Can you hear us? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm always, I always like to offer solutions. I don't just want to highlight a problem without solutions. So I call it the three F's, and that's family, faith, and finances. I think it's very critical for um, black Ameri- Americans to focus on those three F's. If we can have our strong families, if we can get our finances in order, we're pretty much okay on the faith aspect, but if we can – have those three pillars in our community and really have strong, strong, solid families and get our finances in order, we will be able to change the trajectory of our race. Like, that's, that's what has to happen. But until that happens, we will continue to be on this downward slope, in my opinion. Is that, I mean, will that ever happen? Is there a hope? <laughs> I, I mean, she I mean, has I mean, it's, it's. I mean, and that's part. And um, I see a point. And and like I say, it does. It serves. A, it, it would be great if that could happen. But like I say, when it when it boils down to it, the the faith, the family, and the finances, you're gonna have to. Yes, you're gonna have to get all that in line, and we're gonna have to practice. But that's the biggest problem. No offense. Even when you say you know faith and family, when it gets us to working together. That's that's the hard thing. Not even with your family. You know, you gotta buy buy black owned. You know, support black businesses, support black people. I mean, even no offense, love man. Me and Rob been cool for a long time. I listen to his show, call in. I I do. I support him as a black. I still listen to. You know, I got several friends who have podcasts. Subscribe, subscribe to them. Listen to them. You know. That you have to, but it's a lot of people that don't want to because I don't know why. I know I don't know why we don't well, well, support our own. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. First of all, um, there's a lot of foolishness going on in in our community in the sense of, for instance, if I was if I was a guy here and I was twerking. You know, it'd be like, man, this is a crazy black dude twerking on, on Facebook. It'd be a crap load of views. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of people, you know, when you when you just kind of like dealing with a broken individual, 
when you talk to a broken individual and you actually talk to something to them and make them sense, and, you know, a lot of people don't like to see it. It's painful. It's, it's very painful to see um, when, you're, when you're wrong and when right. Uh, Aaron, you're right. Because Black America has no icon or activist leaders like we, like we used to. And, um, and he responded to you, Tim, by saying, um, easier said than done, Black need to stop looking for the hookup. And like I said, we, we, now we have so many dynamics to work on. From, from the basic support that we've been divided up so much that even with what Sasha was saying, you know, it sad me, but it's like, will we ever, ever be unified? The only thing that I can see you bringing us together is something catastrophic like North Korea dropping a bomb. And all of a sudden, we're going to be looking at who's white and who's black. We're going to look at all we're going to look at everybody as we're American, and we need to come together and, and, as Americans. And that's a problem. And that's the biggest problem. It's like with Texas and everything, with Texas and everything else. After the hurt, even though Texas voted for Trump and voted Republican and let's build a wall, when that hurricane came through and flooded all that, you had people going down there helping whoever. They were helping, right. just helping people. People needed help, and people were helping. They didn't right. care. They were saving, saving Mexicans, saving whoever needed help. And that's the problem. When, when, like you say, it takes a tragedy like that for people to realize that we all do need each other. And why are we? Why are you trying to divide this country so much? And then when it comes down to it, that you need these people. That these people. Like I say, even with dreamers and illegal aliens and all this other stuff, so many of these people will want to be a part of the American fiber. They want to be in the military. They go into the military. They are productive parts of America. And they're just like with black people, no offense, you get up and go to work. I get up and go to work. I am a part of America and everything that it stands for, and I should be treated the same as everybody else, especially when I get pulled over by a police officer and don't get me wrong, if there are any officers or law enforcement listening, I don't think all cops are bad. I know a lot well, of them. I've set, I, I, I have friends, friends with them. I know that it's not all officers. But I have seen in my interaction with some of these guys that they're, when they first, their first reaction, and I think the last time that I almost got pulled over, well, I, did, I didn't get pulled over, but they stopped me for um, to let me know my sticker had expired. And luckily, the cop that pulled me over that was in the car was one of the ones that knew my boss at the the place where I worked, my second job. And so we had interact. He's like, hey, what's up, Tim? He's like, and he knew me. And he was over in the area that I stayed in over off of Main Street. He was over in the area, and they were increasing the patrol because of the violence and everything that was going on in the area. So they're pulling people over, stopping people over for everything so they can, you know, search you, whatever you want to call it. The other officer was so aggressive, was already out the car, was already ready to pull me out to search and do everything. But the, the other cop knew me, knew that I was a good guy, knew everything. He's like, hey, man, get your sticker taken care of. And the guy looked at him and right. was like, "What?" He's like, "He was, he was like ready, he was like ready to go." He's like, "Nah, nah, he's cool." Get him. He's like, he's like, "No," he, but the guy overruled him, told him, "No, he's cool. You let him go." 
Right, but this guy was ready to go because of a sneaker. And it was like a few days old. And I went and got it done, went and got it taken care of, and was all good. You know, the saddest part about racism and individuals that are racist, whether you're black or or white, you don't realize that it consumes you. It consumes you to the point to where you can't even enjoy life because everything is black and white. You know, you can't, you know, and like I said, this goes for, for black guys and white guys. You know, I, I, I right. never forget, um, and this stood out to me as a, as a kid, and I'm 32 now, and it's, this, it's still bothering me. I would be in Walmart, I guess I had to be maybe 12 or 13, and my mom would say things like, um, don't touch that. You're a black man, and you know basically you can't. You basically can't be a kid because they may uh, do this and do that. You're and gonna. So there are people walking, you're gonna steal it. There are, there are people out like that that feels that way because of you know my mom wrote the, the civil rights era, and then you have the individuals, the, the white individuals that there are. You know, I was hanging out um, at Panavida Beach. With a couple of my friends, a white lady walked up to us. I mean, she probably didn't have any bad intentions, but it rubbed a lot of my friends the wrong way. She said, um, uh, are you boys staying out of trouble? It was like, um, you know, we're career people. We're a pharmacist. I'm a businessman. We've got the document. What do, you, what do you mean? Everybody's up here. Why would you walk up to us and say, are you boys staying out of trouble? I mean, now... Could she have been? Could she have missed something? No, she, it could have been completely harmless, you know. But it was just kind of like we were in a predominantly white area, the only blacks out there, and she came straight to us to ask us that. And a lot of us, we we get offended by things like that. But on the flip tip, on the on the flip tip, we do the same thing to, you know, other black people. I told one of my best friends the other day. I said, you, you do realize that if we were white people would call us racist because of some of the things that we say behind closed doors about other black people, you know? And and the situation, you know, actually I'm making a video right now that's called things white people would be called racist for black people said it. I mean, it's what they say versus us. You know, if I say something to no. you, drink Kool-Aid, you're going to be like, yes or no. So if a white man comes to you and says, Tim, do you drink Kool-Aid? You're going to get offended. You're going to say, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Oh, there's, there's well, you, you know my you know my biggest thing and, uh-huh. and I and I say this and I and you know my big one of my biggest things that I say and I really do mean it. Honestly, if you can if you can sit if as a white man, if you can stand in front of me and say that you think you're better than me because you're white, go ahead. If you're racist, go ahead. My whole thing is let me know up front to where I know how to deal with you and know what to know that and nothing I can do, if I'm working for you, nothing I can do is going to impress you, going to get your respect, any of that, so I can know how to deal with you. Honestly, I really don't care. You can thank that, but at the end of the day, when it boils down to it and I'm doing my job and I'm doing a good job, I don't need the praise from you. I don't need anything. Just let me do what I came here to do if we're working together and you do what they you came here to do. We don't have to see each other after work. We don't have to hang out. We don't have to do anything. But just, you know, as if that's what you want to believe, that you're better than me because of the color of your skin, then you go ahead, buddy. 
that's your that's your so, prerogative. That thing is, I think it's stupid. Is it so? Do you, well, go ahead. Are you to kneel or not to kneel? Honestly, I think, I think, uh, yes, I think it's still going on. But I think in a certain time and place, just like with everything else that is going on right now in the world, I think it would it wouldn't be appropriate, especially with you know everything that just happened in Las Vegas and with you know so much other stuff with Puerto Rico and everything else that we need to be bringing attention to. And it's a lot of, you know, I think that it still should be going on. Yes. But honestly, the damage is, I think it's kind of been done. And I think that people are still going to kneel. And I think so much of it is like, just, I think I heard that Fox is not playing or showing the anthem anymore. Just the, you know, the, I, I'm not sure how true it is, but it's just a lot of things that it's like, okay, I mean, our struggle, I, I don't think it should be put to the back burner with everything that's going on. But, you know, at the same time, man, it's like we're still here. After all this stuff is well, going to be going on, we're still here. And, and, and at the rate that we go on, everybody that's white boy, boycotts the NFL, and then you hear everybody, everybody black saying they're going to boycott the NFL. I guess at some point there won't be NFL if that is in fact true. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I uh, I love football. I do watch it, and um, I will probably continue to watch because me boycotting uh, that is, you know. And I and I, and I talked about this before. And what I do love about Martin Luther King, and I've said this before, he knew how to boycott. He boycotted with a strategy, you know. It's just like when I see a lot of these people, they were like boycott Walmart when something happened. And I said, well, what about all the black people that's working in Walmart? Uh, let's, let's boycott and all grocery stores. Are we even in a position to cultivate our own food for, for if we want to boycott? And that's what and I think I think that's what I told you before when we had this discussion the first time. I I told you it's not you know boycotting the NFL honestly is not gonna really do anything I don't feel but if you target no oh. offense their sponsors if you target their sponsors and force their hand the NFL's hand then I think some of this stuff would like with Colin playing might and, you know he might get a job. Until you until you take the money away from the NFL, you can take the whatever, but the sponsor's still going to be there. Okay. You know, TV ratings point. and all of that stuff. Let's, let's, let's say we have Go an ahead. effective boycott against the NFL, right? An effective boycott. Colin gets his job. Does he have to boycott? Then what? It ain't like the NFL is showing up in the hood, giving out gifts. <laughs> you, you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And so, I, yeah, I'm not, so what, and that's the point. Until I realize, honestly, I sat here and I realized that that at the end of the day, even if Colin gets a job, I think it's the principle of the matter that he was bringing his bringing attention to a problem, and it felt like they blackballed him from bringing the putting the spotlight on the situation that needed a spotlight to be put on. And no, and you can say that you know all these guys now are kneeling for equality. They want to show that they're behind it, and to show that they feel like you know black people should be treated the same and all this stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, you can say it, but just like with you know my girl that I got now, 
you know, saying it is one thing. Proving what you put in your money or proving, proving it is a different thing. Action is a different thing. We They can say that they're for everybody being treated fairly, the NFL and everybody else, but until you actually show some action and put your money behind your mouth and try to affect, you know, real change, and even with the president and everything else, you know, until you put real change behind it, then honestly, it's just words. White, no right. the other the other side, the white people can say, "Oh, I'm not racist. I'm not this. I'm not that." Until you put action behind those words, it means nothing. It does. I, it I really mean, does mean nothing. I so I totally agree. And um, looking at Aaron, he said all the Syrians own the retail stores in the black neighborhoods. Well, like I said, I mean a lot of the Arabs do own the stores, and um, there's 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 just so much work that has to be done in so many different areas. But but first of all, uh, conversation with the nation. I believe everything starts with the platform, with a platform like this. And I just hope um, shows like this continue and spread, and that we can actually have a dialogue like a night, like Tuesday night, where we just come together and just discuss discuss these issues. You know, there might be uh, somebody listening that may be able to help make a difference because we, the people, are out here. And um, I'm about to wrap it up because this is time. And Tim, thank you uh, for basically, you know, coming on and giving your point of view. You always, uh, always good with that. I want to thank everybody on the radio airwaves for listening. I want to thank everybody that uh, definitely tuned in Facebook Live. And uh, remember, we are here every Tuesday, every Tuesday. We do the actual broadcast here in the studio where you can hear it worldwide um, via telephone, smart device, laptops, even on your smart TV. Just go to the website at www.realtalkrobert.com and click on Listen Now. You'll be able to hear it that way. Um, if you're not near a computer, you can just dial in the number on your phone. And remember, that's always 516-531-9961, 516-531-9961. And I encourage everyone to uh, share, to share um, share my page, because I, li- I like to get everybody uh, involved in this and, and talking about uh, positive and, and true change. Do that. I'll be there for that. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about everything uh, that's that's affecting us as people, as Americans. And um, keep in mind, even uh, in the Jacksonville area, people keep in mind we got an election coming up. Like I did a show, I said we need to focus on the local areas first because that affects us the fastest. And um, go so vote. Go vote. No matter who it's for. Don't don't listen to that conscious community. People telling you not to vote. Don't don't do that. Don't don't let them tell you that your vote don't count. Let me tell you, when they see black people coming out in droves, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I mean, this is why. And that's the only way you're gonna get those people to listen to you. Let me tell you something. If voting didn't matter, that, they wouldn't be sitting in church. <laughs> don't, don't, don't <laughs> <laughs> you need to go out and vote. Trust me. Hey, some of these black churches hot. It's hot taking it. They would be sitting in your church for hours. So just remember, go out and vote, people.
whether you vote Republican, uh, Democrat, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've been a conservative black man for a very, very long time, and um, I vote. I encourage everyone to actually go out, vote, 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 vote. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And we got three minutes left, and I'm talking straight to Jacksonville right now. This situation season coming up before Fly while we're closing out. Man, y'all better look at y'all politicians. And I'm talking directly to the black community right now. I'm talking straight to the it's, – it's good to be independent. It's only, only problem with being independent, uh, Aaron, is you can't vote in the primaries, and that kind of sucks. Um, but I'm telling you guys, here in Jacksonville and, and some of these black districts, and y'all, Look at the reprimand, the, the stop, amendments stop, stop, that are on the ballot. See what they're doing in the community right now. What are they doing? When, when was the last time? Aaron said, yes, he got to go. <laughs> I, I have no comment. I, I, I know I know Reggie Gaffney. Uh, I have no I have no comment. But, but let's, let's just say this, man. There's, there's people that, that need to go. You have to ask yourself, when was the last time certain people, certain politicians, whether it be a council person, your senator, your mayor, your governor, your sheriff, whoever, whoever he or she may be, you have to ask yourself, when was the last time I see them? You know, it's funny. I always see them during election time. That's that's the hit. If you if you see a politician only during election time, that means that and that's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face. You hey. know, a while back, and I said, how would you feel? Even as a man, the only time a chick hits you up is when she wanted to get. So I mean, that's it. That's it. So, all right. Um, we need a night. On moms raising young men alone, and they turn out great. Okay, okay. <laughs> Robert Pomeo, nah, they're not ready for me to run. <laughs> See, people, people say they want change, they don't want true change. If I run for mayor, I want true change. But I tell you what, um, I do like our current, our current mayor, uh, Lenny Curry. Actually, um, actually voted for him. He's uh, I mean, I mean, I know, I know you don't uh, agree with me on that. No, I don't. No, 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 no. It's not because he's a Republican. Because I voted for, I voted for um your boy, the last, not um the the gate guy um what uh twice uh the gate uh the get um the mayor before Alvin Brown uh oh, I can't even oh, think his name oh. right now <laughs> Payton okay okay yeah. I think that makes sense about yeah yeah because not because no, no, I'm sorry. I have no respect for him. He didn't visit. He didn't. When Brock came down here, he didn't meet with him. I mean, that shows a sign oh, of disrespect. You, no, 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 no. He, he, he met with we're Trump. We're gonna have a whole other show. It's about to end. <laughs> no, no, no. He met we're with Trump. He didn't meet with a sitting, a sitting president. That's disrespectful. Hey, I don't care what you say. He just, he just did Brown. Brown came yes, Yes, he no, did. He didn't. Yes, he I did. was there. I know yes, he, he did. did. No, he had an excuse. I was there. No, he did. He did not come. And he, he said, so, "I forgot what he said." I, look it up in the Florida Times. He was. He was not there. However, we, uh, this is this thirty seconds. This is going to shut down um, in thirty seconds anyway because dude said Curry is gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, so we got the twenty six seconds. Hey, Tim, I'm gonna give you a call, man. Um, after this show, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to play the theme song out, and I may stay alive for just a 
I'm going to play the theme song out, and I appreciate everybody for coming. appreciate everybody for listening. Canada, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Miami, South Carolina, Charleston, stand up. We'll see y'all later. God bless. Just like you said with politicians, no offense. Him and Marco Rubio and all of them were down here during the election, all over here in the Eureka Gardens. They were all over there. Let's get these apartments going. And, oh, these apartments are terrible. And haven't, uh, what, what you call them, hasn't been back down here since. Uh, he's been over there a few times. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Anybody that's still watching, what happened to the regard? I mean, what's, what, what happened with that? That's, what happened um, with it? No, no, you don't, that's you don't see it in the news uh, anymore. That's, that's uh, Councilman uh, that's Gary. Is his name? Am I saying right? Gary? Gary or whatever. He's a brother. Black guy. He, uh, he won that election. He was, he was running against uh, uh, Gloria Johnson at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something. But, so, definitely, that, hit your, hit your, hit your, hit your counsel people. And let me tell you something. If you cannot, in any means, ever, 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 ever get in contact with your council person, you need a new one. It's that simple. And I know I... I'm sorry, but like you say, when some of these politicians, when some of these poli- like you say, if you only see a politician, you know, around election time, then you have a problem. And that's how I feel about one of our local politicians who got herself into trouble, no offense. It's a you only see her around here. I see I see her more which, now. Which which one? Which one? There's a few of Miss Miss right Chlorine now. Brown. Miss Chlorine Brown. Oh, okay. Um I see okay. her right. I see All her right. more now in Jacksonville and around town than I've ever seen her for in this and no offense. I work in a downtown and I see a lot of politicians come to where I work at all the time. And she only comes around during that time when she's in town. Now she's around a lot out in the public. Everybody's taking pictures of her. I mean, I, honestly, now that she needs, needs us to try to save her, she's around. But when it was the other way around, I didn't see her. 
I'm sorry. And, wow. so, and it's a lot, with a lot of politicians. It, you know, you don't see them until they need you, or and, and I think that's you can't be like that. Aaron, and that's one of the things I can not say. In his, in his neighborhood. But, but let me, well, let me say something. Um, I believe. Man, see, uh, but see, can I say one thing real quick, Robert? Okay. One thing I can not say about Alvin Brown, I've seen him in the community all the time. Before he I got agree. elected, my, I, 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 I see him. My boy uh, JT made a joke about it. And he was up. We were up at our church. We were doing a barbecue, and he was like, "Man, I see Alvin Brown everywhere." And but that was before I even knew who he was when he was running the first time. And no offense. Like no, no, it's true story. I've seen this man four times in a week out just by himself before he got elected, and to to a point that I was like, dude, like I see you everywhere. He's like, yeah, I keep seeing you. You was he was like, yeah. And it was the funny thing. Even after he got elected, I still seen him out in the community. I still seen them everywhere. I still seen them going up talking to people. It's a totally different thing with. The mayor that we got now. I'm sorry. And, and it's not the same. Well, it's not I mean, the same thing. Well, I, I I think I think it depends on the on the um, areas you travel in. I mean, I've gone to many places I go to. I mean, I saw him at Capitol Grill um, not too long ago. But I guess I mean it's probably it depends. I mean, the mayor has a different uh, position. I would think for the council. The council people they have one district to. to you should see your council person in your district so much that you get tired of. I mean, and uh, this guy here, <laughs> he says oh, he's in Gaffney District. Is that Aaron? Is that District Eight? Is Gaffney District Eight? I believe he's seven. He's seven or eight. But um, they have some. They have some pretty interesting candidates that are about to get a pro. <laughs> they have some pretty decent candidates actually gearing up. This election season. If a guy just tuned in Facebook Live, the show was actually oh, we're just talking about some local politics, uh, right, right, quick district. Now, I, I want to say I think that's District Eight. I think Gaffney is District Eight. But um, hey, like I said, I I know um, Reggie personally. He's a I don't really know what he's doing in that in his district. Um, I don't only only time I'm in the that district is when I go to church, I, and I've been out east doing a lot of things uh, with them. But I, if I was you, Aaron, I would definitely just hit him up. Also, I, 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 I guess you're, you're supporting Mark this time, Mark, uh, Mark McCullough, I guess. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's 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 going to be an interesting race in in, in district eight, seven, and nine, actually. To be to be honest with you. That's probably a race you don't want to be a part of. Like, <laughs> I just remain neutral. The only, um, I, I, only I, I, thing I, that I can tell, only thing I can tell people, what? like you say, if these politicians, if they say they're going to do something and they don't, don't just keep voting for them because of their name and who they are and they don't, they've been in office. If they come to your community, they say they're going to do something, they don't do it. And no offense, use your vote, vote for somebody else until they actually get the the hint that they need to say what they're gonna do. I mean, what they what they well, you know, what I mean, say what they're gonna do. I mean, if they say they're gonna do it, they need to do it. And if they don't, then they're gonna be out the next election. And if you keep having to yeah. do that until one of these politicians actually realize that, okay, I need to take care of these people. I need to make some change. I need to. 
no offense. It, it comes down to funding our schools, fixing our roads, getting our communities better by getting some of these abandoned houses, get, putting more money into the community to where we live. I mean, hey, if they're not going to fight for it, then get them out. Let's get somebody else who will. I'm sorry. That's Good. my opinion. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. Well, guys, we're going to bring this team in. Remember to go out and vote, 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 vote. And uh, believe it or not, this campaign season, I'm going to be extremely active. Um, a lot of candidates are already gearing up. So before I let y'all go, I'm going to uh, tell y'all this little secret. I'm Back just waiting on you to go run that way I can uh, where we can vote for you. I'm just saying though, man. I'm I'm I already I'm ready. I got my shirts already ready to print up, man. I'm I'm gonna be on the team, you know. I was talking to a certain hey. person, and like shout shout out to um, Councilman uh, Jim Love. He's he was he's I'm not necessarily say he was a mentor to me, but um, behind the scenes he actually what I like about guys like him is. Well, he's termed out, so of course he's not going to run again. But he actually took the time, and as me as a black man, keep Jim Love is a white Republican. Um, he, his district starts like over the Riverside area, on back. And uh, I mean, he was the one that talked to me about shirt stays, you know, being sharp all the time when you're handling business. And he put me on with a book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, which is one of the Best books that actually uh, changed my life. And uh, people like him, I wish like a lot of the black council people would probably reach out to do more programs like that. This wasn't even really a program. He just kind of just helped me out. And uh, he gave me some like really, really good advice. We need we need more people like, like that in office. And he's someone that I, I saw in his district a lot. I mean, I would be in Marino Gallery and be like, hey, Jam, what's going on? Or, or Riverside, he, he, he's been very, very engaged in the community. So I think that people, when you go out and you vote, you need, you definitely need to vote for uh, people that you've already seen. You know, people, people that have a passion, why would you vote for someone you don't even know if they're passionate about your community? You don't ever see them talking about um, nothing until the time for uh, the election. But what I was going to say, back in 2012, when I very, very first started um, doing the political live interviews, I would only interview certain candidates. I would only interview certain candidates in the candidates that I used to uh, interview were candidates that I thought were women's crazy, right, or or that I thought had a good shot. And one of those candidates was uh, Suzanne Bass, and she was running against an incumbent judge in the Fourth Circuit here in, in, in North Florida, which, which she was not even, you know, people were like, she, there's no way she's going to win this race. There's just, just no freaking way she's going to win this race. And she was a good, a good friend of mine, and she was a family court lawyer, and she had a, a freaking amazing team. So I would bring people like Suzanne on the show uh, at the time, Mark Barello, um, uh Back then, was, who was our uh, public defender, uh, Matt Shirt? And I would interview different people. And so when the election came, everyone that had come on my show, just about except one person, won the race. So then it kind of was like this little whisper out there like, Go on the show and you might win. You might win your race. <laughs> so, so what happened was I said, "All right, that's my field. I'm gonna open up my platform to everybody." So now I interview any and everybody, and I tell a lot of the candidates, "I was like, listen, you might as well come on the show and get a thousand, two thousand, a couple hundred 
views, it's, it's easy than going to the church sometimes, you know, and that's just how I feel. And I feel like my life is a long, is a lifelong campaign of trying to make things better. So we out. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. It is hot. Once again, Tim, man, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show. And we got we got to do this some more. But I'll see you later. Bro. All right. All right, bro. All right. So we are out.